Welcome to The Socialist Program. This is the audio of our monthly seminar. Subscribe and support this programming at patreon.com slash the socialist program to join live once a month and ask Brian Becker your questions and listen to them as soon as they come out. Thanks so much for your help in keeping this independent show going. We can make this program with you, but not without you. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you very much for all of your support. We could not do this show without you. And we're very, very honored, very grateful, and, you know, just excited to be a part of a, a group of people who are all interested and actively trying to, you know, change what's going on in society, change all these things that we talk about. And we know we need the information that's correct, that's right, and that is on the people side in order to do that. So really just so grateful to have you all here today. And without further ado, Brian, I will turn it over to you. Sure. Again, thank you, as Nicole said, to all of you who are devoted listeners, loyal patrons, whose financial contributions, whose subscriptions make our ability to do the show possible. For people who might be listening to this preview of the patrons-only seminar, we have a couple minutes each time we have a seminar where people get a sense of what they might be hearing or might be hearing in full if they became a patron. Our message to people who are listening to this, who don't subscribe yet, if you like the show, if you rely on the show or both, subscribe to the show. It really makes a difference. We can't have independent media, meaning independent of corporate America, if other people who like or depend on independent media don't do their part and support it. So please, please become a patron today. You can go to patreon.com forward slash the socialist program. I want to start with the indictment, the latest indictment of Donald Trump. And this kind of goes to the heart of the matter because this indictment, unlike the indictment over his maintaining top secret documents at Mar-a-Lago or the earlier indictment from New York that had to do with hush money that was paid to Stormy Daniels. This is about what Trump tried to do after the 2020 election. We put in the chat here a New York Times article, the Trump January 6th indictment annotated. It's useful for people who want to get a quick read and sense of what the indictment says. There is also a link to the entire indictment. In essence, this latest indictment, meaning, and I'm, I'm going to explain why I say it goes to the heart of the matter, is that Trump obviously tried to overturn the election outcome in 2020. Everybody knows this. Even if January 6th had not happened, it was quite obvious that Donald Trump was using all available means to try to overturn the election outcome. And this violated a principal sort of requirement of all of those who have become the president of the United States or tried to become president from either the Democratic or Republican parties in the years past and elections past, which is the inviolability of the notion that in the United States, the leading political empire in the world, that the United States has a democratic system, meaning that every four years there is a transfer of power at the executive branch, at the presidency, between the Democrats and the Republicans, the two parties, the only two parties that can possibly stand a chance of winning. They take turns 
running the government, running the executive branch of the government, and that there will always be a peaceful transfer of power. If you remember back to the election in 2000, when Al Gore had more than a half a million additional votes greater than George W. Bush, the Supreme Court, by a five to four margin, voted to stop counting ballots in the state of Florida. And thus, George W. Bush, even though he lost the popular vote, was granted the electoral votes from the state of Florida by a margin of a a couple hundred out of tens of millions cast. And it was decided that he thus won the electoral college votes in Florida. That gave him enough to win the electoral college nationally. And on January 6, 2001, not 2006, 2021, but 2006, 2001, the Black Caucus in Congress demanded that the vice president of the United States, who at that time was none other than Al Gore, that he not certify the election outcome, that clearly there was racist disenfranchisement of black voters, in particular in Florida, that the Supreme Court nullified the vote count by its intervention in giving a permanent injunction against the counting of votes. And the Democratic Party caucus, one after another, got up on the floor of the House of Representatives, floor of Congress, and demanded that Al Gore, who was the Democratic candidate who had actually won the popular vote, that he not certify the election outcome. And you can go and watch the video of that remarkable day where each and every time someone from the Black Caucus speaks and says, look, there was election fraud here, disenfranchisement of Black voters, and you won the election, Mr. Vice President, so do not certify this fraudulent election. And Al Gore, one after another, says, no, we're going to go forward. We're recognizing that George W. Bush is the president of the United States, even though he, Al Gore, then vice president and thus the president of the Senate, in other words, same position as Mike Pence in 2021, he certified that the vote goes forward. And why? Because Gore was upholding the bourgeois sort of principle that there must be a peaceful transfer of power, even if he was robbed as a person, even if the election was, quote, stolen, unquote, from him, he was going to you know, remain loyal to this time-tested notion within bourgeois politics that there must be a peaceful transfer of power because otherwise the U.S. capitalist system looks like just a run-of-the-mill system whereby there could be coups, counter-coups, that there would not be a stable democratic system. And so while the U.S. preached to the rest of the world that the U.S. capitalist democracy was by far the very best system and one that everyone should mimic or mirror or imitate, that notion would be undone because it would destabilize the U.S. democracy by trying to overturn the election. So like it or not, win or lose, you accept the outcome. Donald Trump refused to do that after the November 2020 election And he used the courts. He tried to appeal to Republican state legislatures, Republican governors, independent groups of ad hoc electors who were selected and said they, not the people who actually were selected 
in the election, that they would be the valid electoral votes. And then when all of that failed, when every effort by Trump to use legal means to overturn the election, he started using other nefarious means, illegal means. So he's calling the secretary of state in Georgia saying, look, we need 13,000 votes. Where are you going to get them? How are you going to find them? And the secretary of state, who was a Republican, basically said, no, we can't do that. Obviously, Trump was trying to steal the election. Having failed to do all of that, he called a mass mobilization of his supporters together on January 6th, and he told them, Mike Pence has the responsibility to right this wrong. Mike Pence has the ability in his ceremonial position as the president of the Senate, because he is the vice president, that he has the ability to not certify the results of the Electoral College that had already been decided on December 14th. And Mike Pence has a decision to make. And he said, and we need to march down to the Capitol building where Congress was sitting to certify, again, in what has been historically a routine ceremonial procedure, we need to let them know that we're not going to take it. This is the time you stand up for your country. This is the time you stand up for democracy. You can't be weak. And so the crowd marched and led by fascists from the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys and the Three Percenters. They marched on the Capitol. They stormed the Capitol, which was poorly defended for some reason, even though intelligence services knew that an armed demonstration or a mass demonstration that included many people who would be carrying firearms was coming to the Capitol. In spite of that, Capitol Police were not in riot gear, not prepared. The National Guard was not mobilized. When called, they did not respond after the Capitol was breached. And the crowd was chanting, hang Mike Pence, hang Mike Pence. And they were looking for Mike Pence. And Pence, the vice president of the United States and president of the Senate, had to be taken out by police and intelligence forces because if they had gotten their hands on Mike Pence, he would have been harmed. He would have been physically harmed and he may have been killed. And they were also looking for Nancy Pelosi and others who Trump had been identifying as an enemy or as a traitor. And then because of the inability to do more, and it was a very disorganized assembly, the storming of the Capitol, that really was able to storm the Capitol because of the weak police presence there. I myself have organized with the Answer Coalition mass marches of more than the numbers were larger than what were present on January 6th. We had 100,000 people on September 15th, 2007. We marched on the Capitol and tried to deliver a, a letter to the Capitol. And we were met by riot clad police who deployed all types of non lethal or less than lethal weapons, including tear gas and pepper spray, et cetera, et cetera, against us. That's all for this preview. If you'd like access to the rest of this seminar and our entire archive of exclusive seminars with Brian Becker, become a patron at patreon.com slash the socialist program. We are an independent show and we cannot make this programming without you. Thanks so much for your support.